Well, good evening, everybody. Good evening. All right, all right. It's good to be here tonight. I want to welcome everybody to the Vision Church. If you're watching us online, if you're in the building, we welcome you tonight. And it's time for our good Bible study, amen? We're going to get things kicked off here in just a moment. Our praise team will lead us in worship. And our pastor will be up to lead us in a great word tonight. We're hoping that you're going to hear something that's going to change your life tonight or that you can tell somebody to change their life. Amen. But before we begin, let's take a moment to just have a moment of release to remove anything that may hinder us tonight from receiving what God has for us. Amen. Please bow with me in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity tonight just to be in your house. This is another opportunity to learn what you have for us, Father God. We ask now that you forgive us of our sins, clear our minds and hearts to receive the message that you have for us, Father God. Not only receive it, Father God, but let us apply what we learned tonight, Father God. Let us spread the news to those who need to hear it, Father God. We thank you for everyone that's represented in this building tonight, all members, all visitors, all the children, everybody who's here, everybody that's watching online, everybody that's listening, we thank you tonight, Father God. We ask that you touch them right where they are. Fill us all afresh with your Holy Spirit, Father God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise on tonight. As we get re ready to worship the Lord, as we go into this song that says, Great Jehovah. 
Hallelujah. We're going to worship. Great Jehovah, Great Jehovah, you're good, you're good, and we won't stop praising, we won't stop. 
Give God a hand clap of praise, y'all. Come on, great Jehovah. I mean, believe He's good. I mean, you came to praise Him tonight. thank them tonight. Amen. I want to thank all the parents. Parents, I want to give you a round of applause. Amen. Thank you so much for making sure that your children uh, can be part of this resurrection experience. Amen. 
Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. They, they can only do what you help them to do. And so we're thankful, amen, that you have allowed them to come on. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for our little ones. Amen. Hey. Amen. All of our children. Amen. Look at that. Amen. That's awesome. What a blessing it is to have all of our children, amen, here with us tonight. Amen. <clears throat> amen. All right. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, good evening, everyone. Grateful to God that he has blessed us to be here once and again for our uh, for our Bible study tonight, and we've been talking about fasting, amen, and when, when fasting and prayer go together. Uh, remember, um, we are, we're actually, we're about, what, a week away from closing out our 40 days, what seemed like 40 years, uh, amen, but boy, I tell you, I've never been so happy to see six o'clock in my life. You know, it's kind of cool, though, right? Isn't it kind of cool, like, to have that type of anticipation where you're like, man, you know, because some of you are like, no. <clears throat> but um, I think it's kind of cool to have that anticipation, but it's crazy because the human mind is a powerful thing. And if you convince your mind of something, uh, you will believe it, amen? And so, um, you know, this is why I'm teaching on fasting and praying to let you know that fasting is taking your prayer life one step further. It's taking your prayer life one step further. Amen. Um, there are some things that we find impossible. Anybody, anybody here feel like you have some impossible situations um, that you have in your life? Uh, maybe some circumstances some things about yourself that you want to change, perhaps, uh, the things that you're dealing with in life, right? And we talked about that fasting, when fasting and prayer goes together, if you have your hand out, we talked about when communion needs to be deepened and faith has to be restored. We talked about that. We also spoke about, um, if you don't have a hand out, just raise your hand. I believe we have some here, do we? If we do, all right. Number two, uh, when prayer needs to be empowered and victory needs to be won. And I want you to, I want to, I want to go to Mark chapter nine tonight. And I want to deal with that, that whole piece right there in Mark chapter nine. I told you that when confession needs to be made and forgiveness has to be sought, when sin needs to be exposed and wrong has to be put right. Come on, y'all. Amen. Um, when things like that happens in your life and, and you feel like you're not getting anywhere. You ever been there? Where you're just praying, you're seeking, you're, you're, you're trying to find a solution. And yet it's so difficult. Anybody been there? Right? So... I believe that the way that you get God's attention is through fasting and prayer. And so fasting is denying your flesh so that your voice can be heard in heaven. Now, here's the deal. 
there are different types of fasts. Did you know that? Uh, did y'all know there's a there's food fast? There's uh, you know you can do television. You can do uh, there also for married people. There's sexual fasting. Uh, you know there there's a lot of different types of fasts that you can do, and all through Scripture there are examples of these. So that when you find it difficult, and, and, and here's the thing, not just in difficulty, but also in victory. Come on, somebody. It's, it's amazing how we only do the tough things when things are going bad, but you could just, when things are good, you know, you could declare a 10-day fast thanking God. Lord, thank you just for blessing me and keeping my right mind and you know what I mean? Uh, thank you for my family. And I just want to give up something so that my voice will be heard where? In heaven. All right. So I want you to look for me. Let's go to Mark chapter nine. And, and, and one of the things that uh, number six, uh, number five on your, on your handout says what? When guidance needs to be received and a decision has to be made. Whenever you feel like you need some guidance on an issue, it is real important. You know, it doesn't have to be long. It could be a day. It could be a two days or whatever. Now, I believe, you know, for medical reasons, if, if you have medical issues, you know, you can adjust your fast uh, to things like um, social media. Give up social media. Whatever you're indulging in a lot, Things that you're doing habitually, you know what I mean? Every five seconds we scroll it, right? Or something like that. And you say, you know what? I'm going to fast from social media this week because I need to make a decision or I'm asking God to show me, give me direction, things like that. I need some guidance. Then what it really is, is you and I, what we're doing is we're removing the distractions, if you really think about what fasting really is, it is removing the distraction and zeroing in on your relationship with God. Now, here's the thing you have to know about God. God is knowable. We serve a God that can be known, right? I can't say that about Buddha. I can't say that about Confucius. I can't say that about Allah and all these other gods that's out here. No, I can't say that, but I know that I know that there is a God. How many believe that? And if you need evidence, just look outside. That's what you call general revelation. All right? Um, if it's matter and force, the Big Bang, then my question is who created the matter and who created the force? You know, if our planets are colliding every thousand years and we're coming back into order, then my question is, who made the other planets? <laughs> Come on, y'all. So, so you have to have some kind of faith to believe that a planet doesn't just appear. Is this making sense? So what I'm saying is, I believe a lot of people don't, don't see the true benefit in fasting if they don't see the true, if they don't really know the true God. And if, you, and if you are already settled in your heart and mind that God is 
who he says he is, then half your battle is done. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, when he was fasting, when he was praying and fasting, the angel Gabriel came to him and said, man, I was on my way. I believe it was 14 or 21 days, he says, but I was fighting Satan. Your prayers was already answered. Oh, come on, help me, somebody. He says, your prayers was already answered, but I was here fighting with Satan to bring your answer. Lord, have mercy. Watch this. Now, right now, in this time, church age, Satan has access to the throne room of God. And what Satan does periodically, not periodically, daily, is he brings you before God and accuse you of all the wrongs you done did today. Even what you're thinking right now. He's like, see, she ain't got no faith. <laughs> see, he ain't even here. He's thinking about something else, see? So why would you bless him? That's what Satan is doing. And what I found out is that Satan doesn't want your prayers answered. No, because guess what? If God answers your prayer, what does that do for you? That strengthens your faith. It's more than just getting what you want. You see? And so here's where I'm going with this. What I'm, what I'm trying to show you is this, that Daniel didn't give up. But remember, Daniel's, Daniel's prayer was already answered. Imagine that. Imagine that what you've been asking for has already been earmarked to you. It's now just awaiting the waiting period. Now, let me ask you a question. What are you doing in between praying and waiting? And then here's what you have to do every now and then. Every, day, every now and then you have to fast for strength. So that God will give you the strength to withstand, to wait, to have the resilience, to have the, 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 the stick-to-itiveness. Come on, somebody. Because, you know, it's easy to give up. You know what? You know what it is? It's easy to give up when things ain't going right. Easy for you to say, you know what? I asked God, and maybe his answer is no, but I, that ain't what I was really looking for. But you know what's so amazing about God's no? God knows why to give you a no. <laughs> I can prove that to you. But let's go to Mark chapter 9 first. And I want to talk about these impossible things. Guidance. It says in verse 14, Mark chapter 9, verse 14, and when they came back to and when, the, when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them. And some scribes arguing with them immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began what? Running up to greet him. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered, teacher, watch this now. I brought you my, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. See that? And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out 
I told your disciples to cast it out. They could not do it. Imagine that. Now, Peter had just confessed Christ. Previous chapter. Uh, they had just been through the transfiguration. In other words, they had that moment they saw Jesus in his glorified state, if you will. And now they're in the crowd. Person has a need. They, the disciples have the authority to do this. But yet, it's hard. He says, notice what he says. He says, and I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, oh, unbelieving what? How long shall I be with you? And how long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. Now, there's a lot of factors why the young boy wasn't healed. And Jesus pointed it out right away. But that's why I started out by saying to you that if you don't really believe that there is a God, it's going to be difficult for you to get an answer from that God. See, I know about being an unbeliever. Do you, do you know what it means to be an unbeliever? But, but I also know about being unbelieving. You see, just because you have the facts doesn't mean it's over. Just because something looks so unbelievable doesn't mean that it can't change. You understand where I'm going with this? Watch this. Watch this. They brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. Falling to the ground, he began what? Rolling around and foaming his mouth. And he asked his father, and, and he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often thrown him both into the fire, into water, to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, it ain't up to me. <laughs> this ain't about me. I don't know why we do that. For some reason, we think God owes us something. Like, like let, let me put you to the test to see if you have the ability. No, 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 no. God doesn't operate like that. Here's the thing. Jesus rolled it back to him and say, if you can, all things are what? Possible to him who what? And I'm say it again. Sometimes we struggle. How many of you struggle sometimes believing? Right? Like, seriously, you have all the pieces, but it ain't working. <laughs> you have all the evidence, but yet nothing is going the way you want it to go. And sometimes you're in a situation where God is trying to show you you don't really believe. You believe, but you really don't believe. Because if you believe, 
then you wouldn't be questioned whether or not I could do something. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask somebody a question. What has he done for you up to this point? Now, I'm serious. Like, can any of you tell me anything that God has done for you? And I, don't tell me about waking you up this morning, starting you on your way, putting food on your table, closing. Those are just things that we know he does. But I'm talking about what, the situation that you're looking at right now. You're saying it's hard, it's difficult. But my question is, what other hard things has he brought you through? Anybody? Panic attacks. Okay. He brought you through that. Okay. You know, panic attack, overthinking, worry, and then not doing anything about it. Amen. So he delivered you. Anybody else? Cancer. Woo, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. That's big, y'all. That's big. That's huge. Anybody else? Heart failure. All right. Praise God. What makes a person really believe is that they need evidence. But see, Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And that's the evidence. But here's the thing. I'm trying to help you with this. There are some things requires just a little bit more. Just a little bit more of your commitment to God. Could it be that the reason it, is, it has not happened is because God says, I want a little bit more of you. I want more of you. Watch the text. Text says, and immediately, the, boy the boy's father, what? Look what he did. He cried out and said what? He was honest, wasn't he? He says, I do believe, but help my what? He says, I do believe. That's that's a that's a what? That's a that's an oxymoron right there, right? That's a that's opposite, right? Like, like, how can you believe but help me help my unbelief? Which one is it? So is it really unbelief? How can you believe, but then he say, help my unbelief? Is it the unbelief about this situation? Is it he is he saying, Well, I believe you, but you know, but this situation right here, I, I got some doubts. You getting it? See, that's why some of our prayers are not being answered. Because we're, we're, we, we have, we're vacillating between belief and unbelief. Belief and unbelief. Belief and unbelief. Belief and unbelief. And all of a sudden, what we're seeing is nothing happening. Man, your stuff can change overnight. You know, God, I've been praying on some things, and Lord is, Lord's got a sense of humor. And I'm like, oh, just give me a sign. <laughs> and then when I open the Bible, the, 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 the scripture I read, this unbelieving generation, they want a sign. <laughs> I'm like, good Lord. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You see, signs doesn't prove that God is real. Faith does. Belief does. 
See what I'm saying? And, and so, and it's crazy because the one thing that you and I have that can help our unbelief is the word of God. Man, I tell you, if you get in this word, it has the answer. What does he say next? What does the text say next? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Huh? Well, hold on. Watch this, right? Can you imagine like the disciples right earlier? <laughs> they said the same thing. Come out of him, you devil spirit. Just come out. Imagine that, right? Imagine like calling on the name of Christ, saying, man, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Come out of you, devil. And it's supposed to happen. But nothing happens. I want you to bring it to your prayer life. Come on, y'all. Bring it to what you've been praying for. Like, and listen, and you sweating and all kinds of stuff, just, just, just travailing in prayer. But there's no real, you're not believing it's going to happen. Because like the father, you're caught up what? vacillating i i believe i got that down but i got this unbelief now how long had he had that hidden unbelief in his heart his whole life you know why because the evidence that he has is his son falling in, into a convulsion and and, and, and having seizures and foaming at the mouth you're looking at that situation you're saying it's impossible you know, went to all these doctors and all this other stuff, and, and they're saying, no, it's not possible. It's, he'll never walk again. He'll never be the same again, all this other stuff. And let's just bring it to your life situation right now. And you know what's crazy? Uh, we we self-diagnose ourselves, and, and, and we self-believe stuff about us. I can't never do that. I don't think I'll ever do that. Right? But watch this. Imagine the disciples who are supposed to. I'm trying to help somebody. You are a born again believer. So there's 133 things that happen to you at salvation. Number one, you have the Holy Spirit. Number two, you have grace and mercy. That's three. Amen. Number four, you have angels encamped around you. Come on, somebody. You, you, you and I, our sins have been paid for. You've been justified. You know what I'm saying? You've been sanctified. Okay? And that's just a few of, of, of the basics that you have the armor of God. Come on, somebody. So if I have all of these things, then my question is, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? It's my belief. Because, I, because the things that are not, the things that are impossible for you, you have to always remember it's possible with God. But how do you get good with God's timing? Huh? Read for me. Verse 26. 
The boy had to go through it one more time, didn't he? See, people are quick to write you off, boy. <laughs> keep, keep going. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Why could we not drive them out, right? Uh-huh. This what? Mm-hmm. Prayer. Now, some version says prayer and fasting. Imagine that. This kind. So you know what you got to do? You may want to write this stuff down, man. You got to know what you're really dealing with. You got to know the level of demonic forces that you're dealing with. But also, you got to know what kind of belief system you're dealing with also. For whatever your belief system is, it di dictates and determines your deliverance. Lord have mercy. You're thinking it's elementary when this thing is on another level. Oh, man. Guidance is something we all need. And when things look impossible, I love what Jesus says in, in verse 23. If you can, he says, all things. Man, I want to see you get your breakthrough, man. I want to see some of you rise above. Sometimes what you're dealing with is, is, the, is the in between of you getting your answer to your prayer, but when you give up, you didn't stay long enough for the answer. Imagine not staying long for the answer. Watch this. And now here you are. You have to keep restarting, resetting, going back. Does that make sense? Go, back, go to Romans chapter 12. My goodness. Any questions? The Bible study. <laughs> How you be consistent with that belief? <clears throat> I, I believe that you believe on a consistent basis as you continue to grow in your sanctification process. Proximity to God. See, we have to believe even though we don't see nothing happen. That is the key to this whole thing. Do you know how many Christians live in disappointment? Many of us. See, I, I'm at that crossroad. And I, I said, man, every time you teach something, God going to put you through something. So that way you can validate what you teach. I'm like, gosh, oh, man. <laughs> When you declare Ezra 7.10 to be your life verse, Ezra set his heart to study, to practice, and teach. Certain things are difficult right now for me. I'm like, man, I never had a problem in that area, ever. 
But you know what I realized? When you don't, when you haven't struggled in a long time, sometimes God got to remind you of what the struggle was like. Because sometimes when you elevate, hey, come on, somebody. When you go to that next level, you sometimes lose touch with the ground, with ground zero. Here's what you got to keep saying to yourself. It is not over until God says it's over. I want you to remind yourself of that. And don't you go closing things that God didn't tell you to close. Doing things that God told you not to do. Uh, you, you understand? What I'm saying is, it's the ability to wait on God and then learn that when you get to that next level, you have to go higher and it's so your testing is going to be different. Is this making sense? Is, it, is, is any of this making sense? Make sense? Practical enough for you to apply. I want to know the will of God. I want to stay in his will. How many want to stay in his will? Stay in his will. I'm telling you, it's easy to be convinced to do something else. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. What does it say? Oh, did I answer your question? What, what, is that? what do I mean by the sanctification process? Reading, praying, studying, fasting. That, that's praising, worshiping, giving, you know, all those aspects of sanctification, that's how you stay consistent with your belief. Because the more, you, the more you're getting closer to him, you sense his presence. I don't know, man. I, I don't understand, like, when things go bad, right? Like, why are we trip like that? Like, like we trip out. <laughs> I mean, we trip hard, man. But you know what I, you know why I think we trip hard is because um, we're living in disappointment, but also it's showing your motive. I go back, I don't know why I keep going back to Job's wife, but I said this on Sunday, like, come on, man. He says, can you just, can, can we not, can Job said, do we just accept the good things from God and not the bad? Romans 12, 1 says what? Therefore what? Huh? The what of your mind? Do not be conformed, met metamorphous. That word means to transform. In other words, he's saying don't live according to the pattern of the world, the blueprint of the world. Don't let the world shape you. The world will offer you a way to live. You have to decide whether or not, whether or not you're going to live like the world or you're going to live like the word. 
The world has a pattern, y'all. It's a cycle. Grow up, get married, go to go to college. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go to college, get married, have kids, buy the house, and everything's gonna be great. Oh, okay. The world. The world has a way. You know what I'm saying? That's the way. And watch this. And what we do as Christians, when you get saved, you have a new design. You have a new pattern. You have a new plan. You have a new way. And, and watch this. Christians are dissatisfied because they're trying to do it like the world's doing it. And the world now is dictating your destiny. Yeah. I spoke to a lady the other day, and, and I'm for college. I am for college, okay? I, I am not anti-college. She went to school, went to Gremlin, got a degree, masters, all this stuff, and now she's not even doing anything in that field. <laughs> I'm like, she's like, well, I was doing what everybody else does. And I'm not saying that the degree, but, but the field that she's in is, you can't even use that degree. It's a skill field that she's in now. You understand what I'm saying? But, but the world tells us this is how you do it. But also culture. Also where you live. The continent where you live. Okay? Because in Africa, at 12, the young man leaves home. Oh, he's already taught how to have his own. Oh, yeah. That's his rites of passage at 12. And then when he goes out, with the elders, and he's taught the principle of hunting. Come on, y'all. Taking care of business. All the kind of stuff. When he returns back home, he leaves his mother. He comes from behind his mother. And he goes to his hut, and he lives there. And he grows up, and then he gets a wife. Culture. So wherever you live, right? So you would say, well... In America now, <laughs> kids don't never leave the house. <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> okay, different, different, different scenario, right? But but check this out. Where you live dictates, you know, how you do life. But watch this. The text says. The Bible declares that you now have a new citizenship. And where is your citizenship now? In heaven. But it does not mean that you're anti-American. Come on, help me somebody. It, it says that you are the light of the world. That's what it does say, right? You are a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are a lamp on a lampstand. But watch this. But if you don't understand your identity, then you and I will start or try to conform. You, you know what happens? And I, you know, I, you know, I, I teach pastors, right? And I say to each pastor in, in my classes that I teach these pastors, I say, listen, whatever works at the Vision Church may not work at your church. And the reason why is because each church has a different DNA has a different plan, but the principle can be applied, but it may not work for you. 
Well, let's bring that to your life. 90% of our problem is we're living according to the wrong example. We're patterning and patterning our lives. Look what he said. He said, do not be what? Conform to what? To this world. All right. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go there right quick. Let me give you, let me give you a piece right there. The word there in the Greek is schemazo. That word, that word, that word schemazo, it, it has the idea to pattern yourself outwardly. How you dress, for instance. Keeping up with the latest fashion. Um, to fashion yourself like. Uh, but it also means to conform to that pattern. Not just wear the clothes, but become what it represents. He says, do not. You know what that is? It's a command. He says to this world, why are we not to be conformed to this world? Well, the world is in a fallen condition. But check this out. That word conform, it, 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 if you keep tracing the word out, it, it's where you get cosmopolitan. Anybody ever saw the Cosmopolitan magazine? That's what it means. So the word world means cosmos. That means that you're taking your pattern not from the word, but from the world. So in other words, we're looking just like them. But yet we say that we believe and we want a different life. So we're like the father who says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. So here's what he says. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm living for Jesus, but I'm not transforming. I'm living for Jesus, but I'm not changing. That word is metamorphosis. So, so anybody ever seen, well, you know, a caterpillar actually becomes a what? Imagine that. And that's what you and I have to do. We have to fly, not crawl. And the only way to do that is to get familiar with your new nature. Look what he says. He says, and do not, be do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. Let me say to somebody here today who you're trying to change, but there's a possibility that you are going about it the wrong way. The example that you need is not the world's example. 
but you need Christian examples. This is why I believe our men's ministry, our young adults ministry, our, uh, our uh, women's ministry, and, and singles ministry and married ministry, I believe that it serves its purpose to get around other Christians. Y'all hear me on this? And you are looking at their lives and you're saying, man, that's what it looks like. We can't just be a bad example all the time. But the problem is we don't have many examples today because we live in isolation. We live in insulation. You know, we live insulated lives. So watch what he says. He says, here's how your change begins. He says, by the renewing of what? The renewing of what? Well, can I ask you a question? What does that look like to you? So I want to make this practical. What does renewing your mind mean? What does that mean? Anybody, anybody, anybody know what that means? Okay. Okay. But yeah. Obeying the word. We're conforming still to the world. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. Anybody else? Because I want you to see how this fleshes out in your life. You see what I'm saying? Because sometimes I'm up here saying things and be like, okay, yeah. But how do I do it? How do I do it, Pastor? How do I do this thing? Right? So let me ask the question honestly, right? The last time you got in the situation, did you really go to the word? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. Right. Right. And here's the thing. <laughs> the thing is, this renewing of your mind, first it starts with the redemptive activity of God. So your mind has already been redeemed. Come on, y'all. Now, exactly what y'all saying, now you have to plug in the right information from the word. And, and as you're plugging in the right information in the world, 
word through practice. That's how you renew your mind. Listen, this is real to me. But lately, when I wake up on Monday mornings, I have those same thoughts I used to have when I wasn't saved, when I woke up on Monday morning thinking, man, I got to face this day. I don't know where those thoughts have come from. And I realize that you can be saved for 27, 30 years, but if you're not careful, you could fall for the feeling and not facts. Like, like, you know, I have this like, man, I'm dreading to face the day today. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and it ain't nothing. I, I don't really have nothing to really, you know, that I believe anyways, but it's the spirit that the enemy does. The enemy does. He does this, y'all. And, and so what I'm saying to you is what I had to realize, and this is what this is why I say you got to practice it. Watch this. I had to wake up and I woke up Monday with a renewed mind. Not a reconstructive mind, a restrictive mind, but a renewed mind. See? And then I had to ask myself a question. Am I conforming to the world? Because I have these thoughts. Look at your thoughts. You can tell who are you patterning your life like. Or what are you mimicking? He says, the renewing of your mind so that you may what? Prove. What, what the what? Will of. And so here's the answer to your question. This is how you know whether your mind is renewed. You are doing the will of God. You're staying in the will of God. You are operating in the will of God. You're praising in the will of God. You're prospering in this will. You understand what I'm saying? You don't even know why you're doing it. You're just doing it. And you understand that you're blocking out all the stuff the world is trying to throw at you. And you're saying, because you renewed your mind, you now are living to please him. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You, you're out of your will. And you're operating according to God's will. And that's how you know the plan of God for your life. It starts right here in the mind. Now listen. He says that you may prove what the will of God is. And here's what it is. That which is what? Good. That which is what? And that which is what? Perfect. You know what the word perfect, that means? Complete. So in other words, when you operate in the will of God, when you're, when you're living in the will of God, watch this, the things that you do will be good, not just for you, but it's good because it pleases God. It's not goodness based on your it's not goodness based on your goodness. It's goodness based on the grace of God. It's the goodness that you, that you see happening as you renewed your mind and you're seeing life totally different. That which is acceptable. In other words, now what you're doing is you have in your mind, except that's not an appropriate thought. 
That's not an acceptable mindset. That's not an acceptable place to be. This is not an acceptable dress to wear. Come on and help me now. Why? Because he said that which is perfect because you're maturing now. And as you renew your mind, you become more mature. There you go. Yes. Right. To the world. Right. Because it's not good. It's not, it's not pleasing. It's not acceptable. And it's not, it's not going to mature you. So you're measuring what you're doing based upon your maturity. You with me? It's not that it's hard. It's the fact that if you keep thinking, like I told you, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I used to have, I used to dread Mondays. I haven't had those feelings in years. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I'm talking about like going to work, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, why do I dread Mondays? What, what is the deal? What, see, here's the thing, y'all. And I'm quick, come quick. We're done. Um, if you don't keep a, uh, a log or a, some form of a accountability over your mind, it will lead you to conform to something different. But don't ever forget verse one. Okay. Verse one has to do with the flesh. All right. He says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to who? God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So he talks about. Your a holy sacrifice. There time you have to sacrifice. There are things that you want to do, that you have the desire to do, but you have to change your mindset on it. If you don't change your mindset on it, you're going to find yourself becoming like it. See, whatever you put your mind into, you become like it. Isn't that something? And so. What I when I close tonight, I say this that it's real important that you remember that if you're struggling in that area of conformity and it seems impossible, this is where you fast and pray. Amen. All right, let's give God a hand clap of praise tonight. Great word tonight. Um, <clears throat> if there's anyone that need prayer tonight, uh, or if you have a question, comment tonight. Uh, We'll take it tonight. Amen. Amen. What are you walking away with tonight? What do you what have you learned tonight? That's right. There you go. That's right, because worship doesn't just begin when you walk in the house of God, right? It doesn't, it doesn't begin there. <clears throat> okay.
Anybody else? All right. You could be living for Jesus and not changing. That's correct. It's correct. You have to get. You have to check yourself. You have to evaluate yourself. Like say, listen, am I changing? Am I growing? Am I developing? Or am I staying the same? If you are, if you and I are the same next year, then something's wrong. Next week. Hello, anybody else? Pray for your students. Okay. That's a good one there. Believe even when you don't see nothing happen. Don't, don't fall into unbelief because it's easy to fall into unbelief. You know, God is holding you for a reason. Amen. All right. Yes. Right. And, and then your response too, right? So your response to, if you, you uh, you're right, measure your maturity by how, what you do. If you're doing it the same way, like you, you know, then you ain't changed. You're still cutting corners and that kind of stuff, man. You know, listen, just because it gets hard doesn't mean it's for you to quit. It's, it's hard because it's time to stretch yourself. That's how you mature. And, and listen, maturity can be painful. Ask your kids. Listen, when your kids was growing, right, when they were growing at that age, right, and their shoe size went one up, did you give them the, did you put the same shoe back on them? Huh? You should have. <laughs> For some of them. So that they feel what it's like to appreciate the new ones that you got. Ah, makes sense, huh? Don't go doing that, y'all. Don't, you know. <laughs> You know, I'm just saying, like, like, and if it because why? Because growth is what uncomfortable. See, so so then you make what adjustments? You go to the next size up. Same thing with your spiritual life. If you if you don't see that you're just in the same place, come on. We do a lot of shouting, but are we growing? Hello. All right. Okay. All right. We're gonna be praying for everyone here tonight and um, we're going to thank God tonight let's pray tonight father we thank you for the word tonight thank you for what you taught us by way of the Holy Spirit and Lord we want to be that kind of people Lord who are growing and developing and not conforming to this world I want to pray Lord for those that are asking for prayer tonight I want to lift up sister Sarah who's praying for her students Lord want to ask God for your blessings, Lord, upon each and every person here tonight. Lord, give us the wisdom now and the will and the strength to grow and to develop and to become the people you call us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. Give God a hand clap of praise, y'all. My goodness. Amen. My goodness. Look at the key is. Amen. Wonderful. Man. Boy, that resurrection service is going to be good, y'all. We got enough kids here. My goodness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, teachers. Amen. Thank y'all. All right. We're going to... Um,
We're going to re make ready to worship God with our gifts now. Amen. Let's make ready to worship God with our gifts tonight, and then we will get out of here. Amen. I want to thank those watching online. All right, let's stand. Amen. So we make ready to pray and pray that everyone have a great, great night. Have a great day tomorrow. And uh, don't forget, uh, we're getting ready Friday night. We'll have our night of prayer. And then on Sunday, amen, Sunday, uh, we'll have one service at 11. And uh, but the men and the women are going to meet at 1015 for our our men's and women's fellowship at 1015 on Sunday. And then we'll be back. Amen. Uh, for 2 p.m. We'll be celebrating uh, TB Seminary's 20th year anniversary so we're gonna have a great time listen join us let's join each other let's come back amen at 2 p.m or if you don't want to leave this we'll be here you can come and be part of what we're doing at the church amen let's pray together father thank you again for your mercies and grace thank you for the word of god thank you for teaching us thank you for uh, giving us god what we need I pray now for the blessings upon these offerings, God. I pray, Lord, for the hearts of your people now. Thank you for those watching online, those that are here, God. Lord, bless us. Continue to grow this church and grow us in this area. Thank you, Father. Give us safe traveling, mercies home, and all may be well. Lord, I want to pray and continue to pray for the Glover family. Continue to strengthen them. I want to pray, God, for your peace tonight, God. Give us all peace as we leave here now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. Vision Church, win.